I hate how you have to wait like 10 seconds and then you can see if it's actually recording. I think it is. I liked it. I liked it. When did that become? That was after one. Was that talk radio? I think it was talk radio. It was either talk radio or Shel Silverstein. I'm pretty sure it was talk radio. I think it was talk radio when you were like, I heard someone walk out and be like, I I liked liked it. it. The question mark. That's been my go-to now for anything. What'd you think? Oh my God. I liked it. So this is where you'll cut and go to us saying our names. But last night, I really wish you were here. Wait, I, I cut right now or I cut when you're done? Before I said when I this part. Oh, okay. So hold on. Intro. Girl. <laughs> right? Was that right? So, n- no. Like the, oh no. No. Oh okay. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Cut all this. Um uh, I wish you had been here last night because what I wanted to say to you to you and Adrian was remember that time I didn't make out with Oh <laughs> my God. I thought about that last night and I was like uh, you remember when you were willing? Like I, you would I have? thought me and we're gonna make out you would have and you were like i'll do it i was like yeah it was more like that i'll yes. do it that is the very accurate way to put it but um yeah remember when i was gonna make out with, and like not like, and, and the way it. said, it's just like i liked it i was like I, i'll do it like, i mean i'm i'm real lonely right now <laughs> like I'll do, I'll do it yes because again you we uh we were standing outside and i saw him grab your hand and even i took the note of like I'm going to go inside. I'm going to give you guys some I'm going to give you guys some space. literally nothing happened. And then she walked back inside and and everyone was like, what "What happened? happened? And I was like, literally nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing happened. It was weird. And on that note. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. Did we decide it was episode 93? 93. I love it. Seven episodes away from 100. That's Can crazy. you fucking Can, believe it? I can't. Can you fucking believe it? No, I can't. If you've never listened to the show before, every week, um, Sarah and I get together and we talk about ghost stories, conspiracies, unsolved murders, people paranormal, you don't know. people you've never heard of, <laughs> spooky shit, and just the generally weird and eerie because it's our show. And not yours. I don't think that we've ever made that noise before, but that's, I, I mean, know. I've made it, but not in this context. In unison. Right. That's becoming our new, like, y'all want to talk about some ghosts? We have to keep y'all want to talk about some ghosts, even though we don't. We stole the it's our show and not yours, but we y'all want to talk about some ghosts. It's, it's something TM, that we. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> it's ours, trademarked. Right? I was like, it's us misquoting something. <laughs> which is ours. So which makes ours. it a new quote. It's like a parody. Which, speaking of parodies. Oh my God. Sarah. Uh, so my show closed last weekend. I wish we were able to record an episode after you had seen it. Because I knew you, uh, we were going to talk about it. And I wanted that to fuel people wanting to come see it. But on top of that. So. I wish I had like clips from it that I could insert here. Like clips from the music. To take be, a like, listen. This is. Okay. Calm down with that. <laughs> before that gets started again <laughs> we are at 93 episodes and it's been at least like 30 bef- since you've made that reference i love so making we that reference it well it's been a while it's so ep- I don't was it that. episode 10 or episode 20 the, the greatest listen. hits episode i don't know because it never actually stop <laughs> that's where that started stop so 
Wizard of Oz, my show. It was fantastic. It was I great. I saw it twice. Sarah came to see it a second time. I saw it twice. I, I loved if, it I knew so if much. anyone was going to come see it a second time, it would be Sarah. Oh, my God. Guys, it, was it was so a, great. It was a great show. And it did really well. I saw it we with Mary We sold out Angela. at least three shows. Oh, yeah. I uh, saw Three it with- out of like seven. Me and Mary Angela of Dead Time Stories fame, we went and saw it first, and then I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, oh my God, Charlie would love this. I have to come back. And he doesn't listen to the show, so I was like, I have to come back. I have to bring him, because he's going to like it. And he did. He really it, enjoyed it. It was excellent. It was, it was a great experience. It was a great show. The entire cast was like marvelous people. And what I keep saying about it, so it was um, Jaffe St. Queer Productions, give them money. But what I keep saying about it is that I have never worked with that big of a cast where everybody liked everybody. Yeah. Never. That's never happened. Yeah. If you work with a cast of six or more, there's somebody that everybody's like, that fucking guy. And that person's a weak link and you're like, fuck them. And like, it's not even necessarily they're not a good actor. There's just something, there's always something you're like, fuck you. Like you make the chain not as not yeah. as great. But no, every person in the cast from, you know, top to ensemble was so, was so great and it was a wonderful experience and also it was ridiculous. So talented. And the second to last night, which is the second time that Sarah came, at one point, so there's a giant lizard head, like the wizard has the giant head that they talk to in the Wizard of Oz and it's kind of, you know, a puppet head where it's like held by strings and the strings popped at one point which I didn't see because I wasn't in the audience, but I heard people laughing and I heard the person playing the lizard going, stop looking at my mouth. Cause it and, just wasn't working. Right. And I was like, I, what is, why, why did he say that? I've never heard him say that before. And I came around behind the band and saw the mouth was broken and they were making it work. And, uh, they fixed it. My partner. And we honestly didn't I, in the audience. It, didn't take didn't away really from anything. It. No. Right. Of course, everyone in the show was like, oh my God, the lizard mouth, the lizard mouth. And we didn't, on, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't affect your, no, your watching at not all. Not at all. But yeah, um, Val and Greg, who is Eric Jaffe's partner, uh, fixed it, which they're who, you know, Val didn't have a, none of them had a part in like making the head. That was um, Arlo, who's really great. They have the drag name Jean Benet Trailer Trash. Stop. Which don't you love that? Stop. Actually, we're trying to go see them perform tonight. Out of all of the stories that we have not done on this show that I think both you and I know so much about, right? it's Jean Benet Ramsey. We can, we're like, we can't we just bring know. it up casually. We have to like, we know like it's got to be something that we like go all out on. So, um, <laughs> but no, it was a lovely, lovely experience. Everyone I worked with was great. Jaffe St. Queer Productions doing amazing queer, stupid theater in Philadelphia. Oh my God, it was so fantastic. It was incredible. It was such a good time. And I'm so glad that you enjoyed it as much as I thought you would. And Sarah had told me not to tell her any of the jokes. So she knew I played Kesha Rose, uh, but she didn't know that I die in a fart NATO. Oh my God. It was my favorite. It was my favorite part. Was it really? It's going down. So it was a Kesha medley. I, you know, did Kesha songs. Oh, my wig. You guys, my wig. Oh, it was wig. so it amazing. Lit up. Oh, my God. It had earbuds in it. It had little purple Christmas lights. There was a paper airplane there was like in the top. There was a feather in it. There was like, so it much was stuff everything. in this. It was beautiful. Because her handicap is her tragic hair. And there was a part where I masturbate on stage. Oh, my God. Who was I sitting with? Was it Christina? Christina was like, is she? Is she? Is she? And I was like, yes. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> What's funny is the, she's masturbating. The number of people in the cast that didn't know that was happening because again they're not seeing it. Like Brittany, who was Linda, who was incredible and oh amazing. Oh my god. Brittany was like, I couldn't understand. She was like, I know what I'm singing there is not that funny. And for the longest time, I was like, Why are people laughing so hard at this? And I was like, Because if they're not already looking at me, by the time you say, see that tragically beautiful girl, you call attention to me, and you're like, uh. and by that point, right, I'm like, like slapping the tip. Titties, like <laughs> I'm starting to like go for it, um, <laughs> but yes, the fartnado was a Kesha medley, and it was so great. There were a lot of farts, and which, if you listen to our show, you know that that is Sarah loves right farts. up our alley. Yeah, I mean, come I mean, on. I love farts too, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so... You just needed a Dairy Queen joke in there. I it would have been the best. Um, but yeah, so I... <laughs> so I did a Kesha medley and farted myself to death. And I, like, in the middle of singing, would also groan. Like, would, like... Oh, oh, oh! We're, we're not gonna say that. that she peaked, but we think she might have peaked. <laughs> <laughs> My career is over. I yeah. will never top. You'll never the top Kesha the Medley, the fartnado. Never. Oh my gosh! I just remember at one point, like, because I had to just say the stuff in the middle, right? And the things I ended up keeping that I would use over and over again was like, "It's blowing me stage right." <laughs> at one point, Jaffe was like, "Can you, can you say the word fartnado in there somewhere?" <laughs> no, the fartnado. Right? And I was like, "Ah, this fartnado is blowing me stage right," because that was my voice. <laughs> Uh, for Kesha, I just decided that's who she is. That's who she is. That's it. Don't question it. But it was a great experience, and all the people that I worked with were marvelous, and it was wonderful, and yeah, I loved it. It was such a great show. Thank you. Yeah, I loved that. I, I loved that. that. I loved it. I loved it. I liked it. I like this podcast. Okay. If you like this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah. I feel like I'm pandering. Yes, Stephanie. <laughs> Y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about some ghosts? God, I love, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I'm ready to see it on some fucking merchandise. I love Leslie Jordan. I know. Thank you for talking like that. Thank you, Leslie Jordan. Thank you for being Leslie. Thank you, Sawyer and Peter and that huge fucking TV in our living room for us watching that entire season of American Horror, Horror Story, Story one night. Yeah. What to an get experience that, that was. It was one it was a one night only. One night only. One night that was only. Us. Yeah, we sat down and we binged that entire thing. But that's where we got y'all want to talk about some ghosts. That's where that came from. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts. So are y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Are you talking first? Who is talking first? I don't think we, we, we decided that. We never decide. And then we get to this point and I have to edit it. Not and I'm always. Like, Sometimes we talk, we get it figured out beforehand. Guys, no, that's a How joke. long is your story? How, however long you want it to be, babe. Do you want to go first? It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Sarah, what are you talking about? <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah, that's what I said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost at 100 episodes, you guys. We got this shit on lock. Right, we still don't never know who's going. No, first. we don't know what's happening. It's what's whole my Abbott name? Costello thing over here. That's who did that, right? The who's on first thing? What? Who? Who's on second? <laughs> I don't know. Third base. I know that whole bit. Don't play me. <laughs> I don't know. Third, Third base. base. I love Abbott and Costello. You're incredible, so Sarah. You're so <laughs> I was just like, that's who did that bit, right? That's Abbott and Costello. I don't know. Third base. Get out. 
<laughs> so when he signs his check, who does he make it out to? Exactly. But who? Right. Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So what I'm talking about this week is a story from Houston, Texas. <laughs> Houston. Um, <laughs> and it's technically still an unsolved murder. But, I mean, we have a really good feeling about who did it. Okay. But it is unsolved. Sure. So. I mean, so are, you know, <laughs> Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. But. Yeah. But if but like we, I did it's it. It's unsolved. But, like, we know if I did it. Ooh. All right, go ahead. So that's going to be, that's, that's, you know what, that's the title of this short story. If he did it, but he probably did it. <laughs> so this takes place in 1965, June 23rd, the day after my birthday, Get 1965. Yeah, your birthday, 1965. <laughs> I know, but June 22nd is my birthday, if you guys want to send presents. June 22nd is I'm my I'm implying birthday. that you were born in 1965. Wow, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Podcast over. She's younger than me, you guys. Bye. I just like being you know, a bitch. I am. Don't you forget it. <laughs> I know, practically young enough to be my child. Yeah, when I... When Sarah's I, like four years younger than me. When I speak your eulogy, I'll make sure that I let people know that you were older than me. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll spit on your grave. <laughs> you won't because you'll be dead before me. My ghost will spit you're and older. fart on your grave. Yeah, your ghost is going like to fart. like my grave because Christina's going to kill me and <laughs> help you host this show. Exactly. And Christina and I will package your ghost fart and we'll sell it to our listeners. You are so excited about it because you get to have the Netflix documentary without being murdered. You get to be alive to experience I the Netflix documentary. Um, real life um what's his name jay rothstein or whatever <laughs> bill bill, bill rothstein. rothstein oh and i am just gonna play the police and be like i don't know she was my best friend why would i ever want to do anything to her i don't know i have cancer what's your relationship with her uh, uh <laughs> that's you we'll talk about that later <laughs> We've talked about it but before. she's got Take a she's got a man in my freezer and I told her I don't want anything else to do with this. She was fine with hiding the body. It wasn't until I asked her to put it in the cut it out that, I was that like, she was like, mm. I'm going to the cops. <laughs> and with that, we've lost all of our listeners for this episode. Evil Genius, watch on Netflix. If you have not heard us talk about it. Because they're who's also going to produce the documentary about my murder. Go ahead. Your murder or my murder. We'll see what happens because Stephanie no, could murder me. No, she really stressed it last night because uh, you oh, answer Christina's all the gonna emails. going to murder you? Yes. She stressed it last night? Because you read all the emails and do all the business stuff? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me before <laughs> now? I'm telling you now, Sarah. <laughs> She was like, when I was talking, she asked me something about like our listenership and like, like, oh my gosh, she's coming for your spot. Right. And I was like, oh, I don't know any of that stuff. Sarah knows that stuff. And she was like, see, this is why it's gotta be you. And I was like, oh my God. Christina is coming for your spot. Yeah. Not just the number one spot. That's the name of the Netflix. Coming for that number one spot. Coming for that number one spot. That's the name of the Netflix um, true crime docuseries about. Christina murdering me to be the co-host of the show. Look, an owl did it. So, <laughs> why would you say something so controversial and yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So tell me about this unsolved murder in Houston in the day after your birthday the in 1965. 1965. Ooh. 
I remembered. I was listening. It's before we went to the moon in 1969. Not in 1970, but in 1969. Yeah, if that... you believe we went to the moon. Because, <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm going to D.C. next weekend, and I'm going to look and see where we filmed the moon landing. So, you're going at to the, the Smithsonian's. The, oh, I was going to say, yeah, the museum. The Air and Space is Museum. So cool. The Air and Space yeah. Museum is great. Yeah, I'm going to go look and uh, see the soundstage where we filmed the moon landing. Astronaut ice cream sounds good, but it's not. I don't want that. It's gross. We're not going to do that. It's just freeze dried ice cream, but it's yep. disgusting. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. I don't want that. I want to see the ruby slippers <laughs> and maybe like a spaceship and some beer. That's it. Okay, this murder in Houston in 1965. So, police were called to the Montrose uh, neighborhood of Houston because a nephew hadn't been able to get in touch with his older aunt and uncle, and they were in their early 80s, late 70s. Um, And he'd made multiple phone calls. They weren't answering. Went and knocked on the door. They didn't answer. So he was like, I gotta call the cops. Please do a welfare check. So the cops show up. They go in um, and they notice at first that at the back door, it's like all of these flower pots had been sort of like stacked against the entrance, almost like they didn't want people to get in. They were sort of barricading it. So they walked in and the two police officers just sort of inspected the house and they didn't necessarily notice anything out of the ordinary. Like they saw that food was set at the table, like people were going to sit down and eat Mm -hmm. Um, and... Otherwise, yeah, it was completely empty. There was nothing else. And then for some reason, one of the police officers, while he was inspecting the kitchen, just felt compelled to open the fridge. He was like, he said in later statements, like, I don't know what drew me to opening the fridge, but I just felt like I I should open the fridge. He was compelled compelled to open the fridge. fridge. So he opened the fridge, and upon first initial inspection, he saw that there was a lot of freshly butchered meat stacked on the shelves of the fridge of course and he remembered thinking how weird there's no one in this house like all of this freshly butchered like hogs meat he said it looked like pig's meat is gonna go to waste and right before he went to close the door he looked down and noticed that in the crispers he saw a set of eyes looking back at him And in each one of the crispers at the bottom, there was the head of Fred and Edwina Rogers, the couple that they were sent to do the welfare check on. And that hog's meat wasn't hog's meat. It was them. It was was people. So they found each, they had been dismembered. They had been, again, butchered. Totally all their meat had been just sort of set up, stacked. I say all their meat, like their body was set up and stacked in the fridge. Uh, so was it like and their heads like, were in the eye were in the crispers. Was it like wrapped at all? No. Just stacks of meat in yep. the fridge. They said it wasn't wrapped, which is why he was like how, it how seems strange. weird that they're gonna let all of this good meat go to waste. There's no one in the house and it's not wrapped. <laughs> oh no. And their freds were in the crispers. So, of course, their only thought. I think you said their Freds were in the crispers. Their Freds. Their heads were in the crispers. Well, the guy's name was Fred. Fred. So Fred's head was in the crisper. And so was the Edwina's. Her head was in the crisper. So, of course, their first suspect is the only person related to them, which is their son. Okay. Charles Rogers. Now, neighbors knew but didn't know that Charles was living there. And that's because Charles, at age 41, was living with his parents and he would leave in the morning before anyone woke up 
And then he would come back late at night before, after everyone was in bed. And he lived in the upstairs attic. And it's reported that he only communicated to his parents through notes and letters that were slid under his door. Uh, According to a friend of Edwina, she had not seen or actually physically spoken to her son in five years. But he had been living in their house. But he was in the house? He was living there. Not only was he living there, but he apparently owned the house. So their son, there are so many different theories about Charles. Right the fuck. When they died, he was 43. He was a veteran of World War II. He got his bachelor's degree in nuclear physics from the University of Houston. Go Cougs. That's my alma mater. <laughs> Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Um, <laughs> that's the noise they make Do when it you again. get a touchdown. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the cougar growl. No, that makes me happy because like my favorite like sound effect sound is like like a classic like rawr. So I love anytime a person can do like, like any sort of cat noise, I get really excited. <laughs> like anybody can purr, but like can you do like an angry cat noise? <laughs> That's it. Goku's. God, I love that. Um. So, anyways. <laughs> so this guy who went to your school. This guy went to my school uh, in the sixties before I was born. Yeah, he got his bachelor's degree in nuclear physics from UH. He enlisted in the Navy, and so he did serve, and he learned to fly planes. And then after he served in the Navy during World War II, he became a seismologist and spent nine years working for the Shell Oil Company. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people around him went to say that he was really good at, like, finding the money for the companies that he worked for. He could find the oil. He could find the gold. Like, he could find this stuff for the companies that he worked for. Other than that, though, he was very reclusive. Like, he stuck to himself. He left super early in the morning, went to work, came back super late. No one really talked to him. He never married. He never had kids. He did all of this. And then by the time he was living at home with his parents, there's no record of him being employed at that point. So the Shell Oil Company let him go. Did he make like a ton of money when he I was think he had him bought he it? Yes, I think he bought it for his parents okay. and for his parents to live in. And then he lost his job, and so he went to live in that house with his with parents. Okay. But he had bought it for them to live in okay. in Houston. Um, and it's it's not a big house; it's like a two story home in Montrose. So just sort of a just little, like a little modest house. Yeah, a little modest house. Um, and he again was living in the upstairs. Um, she said she hadn't seen him in that whole In about five, five years. years, not face-to-face. Oh, my God. His uh, parents didn't really know what was going on. They just knew that he lived upstairs. They would leave food for him if he wanted, and they would slip notes to him under the door. What? Now, it says after the autopsy was was made on the bodies, it says that the dad, Fred, had been bludgeoned to death with the claw side of a hammer. And that both of his eyes had been gouged out. Uh, It said that his mother was also bludgeoned to death with the hammer, but nothing else. That's what killed her, but nothing else crazy. He then dismembered them. Besides the, you know, chopping. But he Besides, didn't, like, but they were he dead didn't do already. Any, like, sex things to her. No, exactly. Right. Which is weird that you have to like say. You have to clarify. Don't worry. He didn't do any weird sex things to his mom. Like that makes but he's it still better? like cut her up. I, I agree. As, does it make right, it better? You're like, yeah. He still bludgeoned her to death, but he didn't fuck her. Does that make it better? <laughs> I don't know. 
I feel bad about all question. of it. That's a fair question. I feel bad. But um, I feel like a little bit in a weird way, but does it? Yeah, in the end, does it matter? She's dead either way. She's dead and he chopped her up. So does it make it like, is it like, you know, Ed Kemper killed his mom and then he and, fucked her neck? Right, and that's, what I, that's exactly what but I thought. But she was, was like, dead already, so. Still, no, that's good. That's awful. That's awful. Yeah, we no. haven't talked about him because he is a lot. I thought some. I thought one of us did. Or did we talk about Ed Christina Kemper? did. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, listeners, have we talked about Ed Kemper yet? The co-ed killer? I don't think we have. I don't know. But I think we've mentioned him because the first season of what's that show on Netflix? Mindhunter. Yep, is about Ed Kemper. What? Anyways, back to Fred and Edwina, who didn't get fucked. Didn't get fucked. They just got bludgeoned to death and then by the claw side of the hammer. The claw side of the hammer. And I find it interesting that he gouged out his dad's eyes, but he didn't really do anything crazy to his mom's body. But it shows that the murders were committed on Father's Day. Oh my God. Which is weird. And that the... Well, that's why he took his eyes out. It was his day. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so he could really see him for who he was. Oh, God. Um, This is bad. They're dead. I'm so sorry. Too soon. Oh, my God. Is it? Yes. <laughs> On top of just dismembering them, they said that the person who did dismember them and cut up their bodies was obviously someone who knew human anatomy and knew how to do this. So it was very clean cuts. The entire crime scene was very clean. They said that they found no real traces of blood until they got up to his room where they found on the keyhole traces of blood and in the bathtub there were traces of blood, but nothing crazy. So he obviously like killed, he took his time, was able to kill them and then was able to take his time cleaning, dismembering them. All of their organs and their entrails were also cut up and flushed down the drain because they found them in the sewer later. Oh, my God. That's where they found their insides. Oh, my God. So he did this to his family, and then he vanished. He's gone. And to this day, no one knows where he is. It's assumed that he killed his parents. right. So there are so many different theories and ties. There are people who claim that he he killed his family because he had to get out of the country because he had ties with, like, the mob. And then he fled to Mexico. And then he got in a fight in Mexico and was killed in Mexico. And that's it. I was like, the number one theory. What evidence is there to back that up? Just very. These are all just theories. Yes. And, like, very... Let me find other. Yeah, it's the most theory they have is the fact that he was friends. The son was friends with someone in the CIA who had ties to the JFK assassination. Okay. Because this happened in 1965 and JFK was murdered in 63. Okay. And so the biggest theory that happens is that Charles killed his parents because his mother was tracking his moves and was listening to his phone calls and had found out that he was part of whatever conspiracy that was that it killed JFK. So he killed them and he fled the country. And then while he was out of the country in Mexico or Honduras or somewhere in South America, he was murdered and now we're done. But the biggest theory is that he has some sort of ties to the JFK assassination. Which is insane. I'm like, just because he 
was in Texas in 1963? No, because he knows people. I'm just like, what was the evidence for that? That he he was friends with. Oh, crap, I did so bad in getting the names. I'm so awful at writing down the names. That's okay. Um, but he was friends with someone else who is who definitely was in a conspiracy, or in the big conspiracy theory. Conspiracy of, of course, theory. There's no one definitely involved, other than Lee Harvey Oswald. Correct. But there are the people who have the theory that it wasn't a single shooter. Correct. So That's the people who have about. the theory that there wasn't a lone gunman, they think that he's part of the multiple I've gunmen. Thought about talking about that on this show before. Oh my god! Well, I read Stephen King's book, and I also know a fair amount about the JFK assassination because it happened in Dallas. Um, <laughs> I love you, but I, it is, it's fascinating to think about because if everything it obviously for it to play out the way it did, it meant that every single thing worked out perfectly in Lee Harvey Oswald's favor, mm-hmm. which the chances of that actually happening are slim to none, but they do exist. So the chances of him working alone are high, but the chances of him working not alone are just as high. So I, that whole case is super interesting. So this is this, they say that Charles Rogers is friends with the people who are part of the case that says that Lee Harvey Oswald did not work alone. Okay. And his parents were somehow getting in. His mom was listening in and figuring that out. So he had to kill them and he had to flee the country. Gotcha. But at the end of the day, we don't know for sure what happened to him. We don't know where he is. We don't know. Obviously we assume that he's dead. He's been legally declared dead because he's been gone. But we do not know, and to this day, this murder in Houston is still unsolved. Unsolved. He's gone. And the home has since been bulldozed, torn down, and condominiums have been built on top of the um, site where it was. But again, to this day, no idea who actually did it. But all signs point to the crazy son who lived upstairs who only communicated to them via notes notes under his door. That's crazy. And then dismembered them and put their heads in the icebox. And that's why it's known as the Houston Icebox Murders. Oh, my God. There you go. And that was in Montrose. And again, there's a lot of, like, specific notes and points about conspiracy theories that I didn't get into because I didn't get into it. But that's the gist. That's the story. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. There you go. Damn. Got it. Um, I will say, so when Christina was on the last two episodes, one of the things we talked about was that YouTube used to be a lawless land. Oh, my God. The Wild West of the Internet. On, on YouTube. Um, and one thing that I <laughs> one thing that I have seen on the Internet that I regret seeing that I will never unsee was I, out of a morbid curiosity, Watched the footage of, of the JFK? JFK getting shot. Oh, I've seen it so many times. So many times. I watched it one time and I was like, wow, I really wish I hadn't just watched that. I've seen it so many Sarah, times. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yes, I couldn't. I've seen it so, again, so many. And there's so, there's the people who are fucked up who are saying that Jackie Kennedy is like crawling across the car to like get his brains to scoop him. And I'm like, no, it's because she's trying to get, get away. She's trying to run away and she can't. Oh, yeah, I've seen that footage. So right. I'm like, times. I could believe either possibility in that state. Like, like, cause me and Val have talked about this when something goes terribly wrong. What do you do? You our, don't know how our, you react. Both of us have the first, the same first immediate thought, which is to somehow undo the last five seconds. And I'm just like, I could imagine like, no, 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 no. no. Yes. 
Yeah. Not that she put it not, back, put it back, right, put it back. Right. I could see either scenario, honestly. I could see and why that. not a mixture of both? And put I it back, see, I gotta get away. I, I'm like, oh my god, put it back. What do you do? Oh my god, what do I get? I gotta get out. Right. I could see either. God, I can't even imagine the trauma. Oh my god. The trauma from having to witness being right next to him. God damn. Jesus Christ. I know. I know. Well, should have had a, a fucking roof on your uh, car. If you've never listened to this show before and you're new to this content, if that doesn't tell you a little bit about the kind of stuff we talk about, uh, yeah, the sorry. story I'm about to share, it's not that it's not. It's I'm not going to talk about nearly as much violence as what we just talked about, but um, I will mention um, animal abuse and um, like. Not in great detail, okay. But I will. It it is part of the story. Hold on, I need a drink. I don't want animal abuse. I can't handle this. I need a new dog. I'm just kidding. I That's don't. not I'm what not the story ready. is about. But <laughs> oh my god, it's not what the story is about. But it is a it is a subject of the story. Like it is part of what I'm going to talk about. Okay. I mean, this is called Dead Time Stories, you guys. So we're not here to like give you a happy story. We're here to give you a story with nightmares. So get ready. So, a number of episodes back when I talked about the prod father. That, I will never forget that because that's. I love it. As Charlie messaged me when he listened to it, he said. He I'm did lis- listen to an episode. He listened to that episode. He did. And he said, I'm listening. He texted me and he said, I'm listening to our origin story. <laughs> and there I was like, I go. need to go back and listen and that. see what I said. Um, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. But yes. I mean, it was just about. <laughs> it was about him and how you know, he's. Getting in with his dad. He's real cute and getting in with his dad. I think I also made a quip about like marrying him one day, and oof, that's a lot. <laughs> Saw real early on. Ooh, I thought about somebody that I dated very briefly, who I immediately was like, "Oh my god!" I like imagining my life with this person, but not even because I particularly like them. I'm just like, "Can you imagine a life with this person? What would that even be like?" Well, so, when Charlie and I get married, just make sure you say, uh, "Take a listen," take a and listen. then play that episode. <laughs> I love it, Sarah. You know I love it. So the story that I'm going to talk about today. I expect that to be part of your speech. The so. reason I brought up the prod father is because I heard about the prod father from the same podcast that um, what I'm going to talk about it came from. All right. So this podcast is called Over My Dead Body, and it's from Wandery Podcasts, which like Wandery does Dr. Death. Yes. They did Dirty John. Yes. They have a bunch of uh, amazing true crime podcasts. And they do serial style where, like, each season is about, like, one story. The second season of Over My Dead Body is called Joe Exotic. And if you haven't heard of Joe Exotic, which I had never heard of him before this, and then I was like, how have I never fucking heard of this person? So... I feel like saying was, but he, like, he's alive. He's not, like, dead or anything. But Joe Exotic was a, like, a wild, like, not just wild, exotic animal. A wild and crazy guy. Oh, my God. He's so many things. So I think he kind of fancied himself as, like, an American Steve Irwin. Okay, But he had a big zoo in Oklahoma that was, like, an exotic, an exotic, um, big animal zoo specializing in big cats and big cats play a really important role in this story have you talked about this a little that's bit? what i asked you i was like did i talk about this i feel I like a little bit it, i think you mentioned but i don't think it. i went deep into it Mm-mm. like because i think i mentioned it when i talked about over my dead body before. yes yes because okay. i've talked yeah because the prod father was from the same podcast yes 
I think now, that's why I'm... the prod father was brought up in the first season. The first season is about something completely else. It's called Tally, and it's about a murder in Tallahassee. But they bring up the prod father in that, and then they did a special like two part episode about the prod father at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. Season two is all about Joe Exotic and, okay. and this and this case. Okay, okay, what did he do? So I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna get into it. <laughs> But I want to tell you a little bit about who he is, okay? Because you have to understand him a little bit, and then we'll go into, like, what he did. So, like I said, he specialized in exotic animals and, like, big animals. His legal name, he was born, he has a lot of names. His legal name was um, Joe Shrivocal. That was his born name. He That's is, unfortunate. So I said he considered himself probably, like, the American Steve Irwin. And when I say American, I mean, like, American, Steve Irwin. Like, make America great again. Like, he's from Oklahoma. Yep. And he owned the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park, but he is also um, a gay polyamorous man um, with, like, a white blonde mullet. Okay? And I couldn't do an impression of his voice if I tried. Like, maybe kind of imagine a little bit like Jeff Foxworthy, but, like, a little more nasally. Would you like to see a picture of him? Yes. Um, other legal names of his were... He um, might be a redneck. Because he was, he was married a number of times. To women? To men. Oh, okay. To men. Um, his name now is Joseph Maldonado Passage, but Maldonado was one of his married names, and Passage was one of his married names. But his original name was Joe Schreibvogel, so he has all these different names. So I'm going to show you just his mugshot for right now. Mugshot? Yes. Spoiler. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is a little bit of a spoiler that I said mugshot. Um, but and he got other dudes to sleep with him? Younger dudes, too. What? So. I guess those younger dudes were also doing his hair because that is awful. So Joe Exotic had, like, a YouTube channel where – so at his wildlife compound, basically, that he called a zoo – where it just had a bunch of like there were big cats, there were alligators. I believe he had Michael Jackson's alligators. Like after Michael Jackson died, because you wow. know Michael Jackson all these. Yes, days. yes. He accumulated a ton of weird animals. A lot of big cats. Big cats play a very important role in this. Um, but that's what he like specialized in was big cats. But he had reptiles, all sorts of stuff at this zoo, and he ran a lot of those like. Have you ever seen those little things where it's like, get your picture taken with a big cat or like hold a cub? Yes. Okay. Yes. So he ran like a touring thing of that where he would like take big cats and big cat cubs Mm -hmm. and like take them around the country and get pictures taken with, like get people's pictures taken. Okay. So he's a very eccentric, like weird, wacky guy. And he had cameras all over this compound and he would make all these like YouTube videos where he's like, you know, today we're out here with the alligator, like real, real, real rednecky. Yep. Yep. So his nemesis, if you will. Oh, my God. I love this. Is a woman named Carol Baskin. Oh, I was saying it would be like, you know, Carol non-exotic. Or <laughs> I want to make sure I'm remembering. Carol indoors. I want to make sure I'm remembering her name correctly. Um, Carol, yes, Carol Baskin. I know you don't. So Carol Baskin is another big cat enthusiast. And when she was... Younger, when she was, like, 19, she, like, married this millionaire, okay? Must be nice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know you love that age gap love? Girl, I never, I, I said must be nice. So she, and she initially um, bought all this, uh, well, he bought all this land, but she he bought it, like, for her, right? They bought all this land, and they bought all these big cats as, like, pets, right? 
And her husband died, and she was running this place by herself. She was like, oh, no. And she had this big change of heart where she was like, you know what? Big cats shouldn't be kept. I love these animals so much. They shouldn't be kept as pets. Yeah. And she, like, stopped keeping them in cages, but, like, they're now, it's more like an animal sanctuary. Mm -hmm. She runs the Big Cat Rescue. Um, But she doesn't do those little private photo things. She doesn't have them, like, where you can get to them. They're, like, out and free and, like, running around. Okay. So she has made it like her life's mission to end things like what Joe is doing, where big cats are kept in cages, and especially where big cats are taken around and treated as like props for photo shoots and stuff. Okay. So that's like her life mission now is to end that. So, of course, Joe's like, well, Carol Baskin's a big old fucking hypocrite because she has big old, what's the difference between me and her? She's got all these cats. Um, so he like really fucking hates this woman. Okay. And she has in a lot of States successfully gotten laws passed against these kind of things. So he can't do that kind of work in those States. Now she hasn't done it specifically to spite him. No, just in general, but in general she's done that and it keeps him from going to these places. Right. And she's, she made it like a mission to bring down, Eventually, she did make it a mission to bring down him specifically. Like, yeah, because he's a big old asshole. Right. Well. Uh-oh. So, Joe, um, who there are all sorts of weird, mysterious things happening on his land. Um, and people had reported, like, you know, bad conditions for the cats, the animals not being treated correctly. Um, one person even told a story about... Like, him talking about putting down an animal um, and just straight up walking up to the tiger and shooting it in the head and killing it. Yeah. But there was no reason to put down the animal? I mean, it was sick. He said that he didn't know if it was sick enough that, like, it couldn't be helped. But it wasn't, like, they didn't, like, sedate it. They didn't, you know what I mean? Um, Just kind of, like, walked up and popped it. Like right in front, right in front of him, and the guy was really like just completely <sighs> shocked. Right, so he's he's a fucking loon. Um, I mean, yeah, look at that hairstyle. He also <laughs> he he got up, he looked in the mirror that morning, and was like, "This looks good." That that proves to me that he's an idiot, or he's a loony. He's, he's a loony. Crazy. He ran for president in two thousand sixteen. Oh my god! And he received nine hundred and sixty two votes. So how many times did he vote for himself? <laughs> 861. Um, so he was a wacky guy, right? He, in his YouTube videos, started very openly and very casually talking about shooting Carol Baskin. Where he was just talking about how, you know, she was this big hypocrite and, you know, she wanted to tell people that they don't have a right to own these animals and she's the same kind of animal. So what makes her any different? What makes her any different than I am? I'd love to just walk up to her and shoot her right in the face. Yeah. And he made these kind of comments very regularly in his YouTube videos and in front of people around him. What a sack of shit. He's a crazy person. So... Um, eventually, so Carol Baskin was trying to get a restraining order against yeah, him. Yeah, yes. Right? But they didn't have anything. She lives in Florida. What about his YouTube videos? But he never, right, he said all these things, but people, a lot of people passed it off as, like, jokes. Now, what eventually did happen was the FBI started following him and paying attention to it. 
but they could not tell that to Carol. So as far as Carol knew, she's living in fear. No one is doing anything about it. Oh my God. That's awful. Right. Now it's not that no one was doing anything about it. Like I said, the FBI was, was paying attention but they could not disclose that information to Carol. Oh, my God. She's just living they, in fear like she doesn't know what's going to happen. Yes. So um, so Carol Baskin is, you know, continuing her work. She's not letting it keep her from doing what she believes in. But, like, she's, you know, terrified because this guy is openly talking about killing her. Right. Yes. Oh, my um, God. Yes. So um, all this is going on. Let me open this back up. Jesus. Uh, this is going on for, like, for like months, like I would say probably like two years. This Too long. That he was talking about doing this to her. So he, at one point, um, he decided to go on a helicopter mission over her property to like for evidence. I couldn't tell you what kind of evidence, um, but like evidence that like she was the same kind of person that he was, that like she wasn't any better than him. Evidence of weak spots so he could get in and kill her. Yeah. God, what a sack of shit. Not even necessarily that. I would say evidence, like, that's not what he necessarily talked about. Oh, I know. About, I'm, like, making like, a joke that like, he's looking for weak spots that yes. he could get in. So he um, he loves making these kind of videos because his dream, like I said, he wants to be the American Steve Irwin. He wants to, like, have a big reality show. So he's doing all these YouTube videos where he's talking about big cats. Well, you should be a better person then because Steve Irwin, Irwin was a fucking angel well, and you were Well, remember how awful. he talks about... You know, before 2016, like, YouTube was kind of lawless, and people could say whatever they wanted. Oh, you're right. Right. Um, So he was getting away with talking about all this stuff, like, talking about wanting her dead, like... Did he have Uneasy on on his show, or what? (laughs) Ooh. I know. I know. So... The person who ended up making this podcast originally was doing an article about Joe. Like, somebody was just like, you need to go meet this guy. This was after – so I told you about him having Michael Jackson's alligators. So there was a fire at the zoo, and the alligators died. Oh, my God. What? Yes. Who started the who started the fire? I don't know any, I don't know more about the fire. Joe. But this is what the got the journalist who did the podcast to go meet Joe. And he didn't know anything about this stuff with Carol Baskin. Like people were just like, this weird thing happened where Michael Jackson's alligators died. You should go see this guy. He's really wacky. He's really weird. It'd be a great story. And when he went to stay with him, um, the guy, um, Joe was like, yeah, there's a trailer on my compound. Let him stay there. And he followed Joe around. And he, um, he, the, the journalist, noticed, you know, the cameras everywhere. There's always stuff going on and how Joe was just really like wacky and weird. And then he, he heard Joe say something about killing Carol Baskin. And he thought it was just a joke at first where, and he was like this guy, like thinking, okay, he just says whatever. To, yeah. Like, like get that's a, shock a poor reaction. joke, but okay. Right. But it made him feel very uneasy that he said it. So ultimately, uh, Joe flew to Florida where Carol Baskin lived and was trying to find a hitman <gasps> who would kill Carol Baskin. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. What a coward. He won't even do it himself. Mm. Um, My understanding, I want to say, I could be misremembering this because I listened to it a while back. I want to say it was, it was only like three grand. Like it wasn't even like anything crazy, but he handed over the money and then 
He was promptly arrested. Because he handed it over to a... Because the hitman was part of yeah. the FBI squad that was following. The I case. really feel like in 2020 or in between 2016 and now, if you go to hire a hitman, chances are that's a FBI agent. That person is working. That for the person FBI. is working for the government or, or like the police. Like, there's no way you're going to get a hitman on your own now. From what I've learned from researching and hearing stories on this podcast. In September of 2018, Maltonado Passage was indicted and arrested by the FBI for attempting to hire someone to murder Carol Baskin, who runs Big Cat Rescue. He did not know that he had tried to hire an FBI agent posing as a hitman. (laughs) What an idiot. He was convicted April 2nd, 2019. Maldonado Passage was convicted of two counts of murder for hire, eight violations of the Lacey Act, and nine of the Endangered Species Act. And on January 22nd, 2020, he was sentenced to 22 years oh, wow. in federal prison. Good. So that was just last month that he was wow. sentenced, but 22 years. 22. Now, as wacky as this story is that I told you, there are so many more details, enough that there's a whole season of a podcast about it. So if you were interested in this, then you should check out Wandry's Over My Dead Body. Season two is the Joe Exotic story. Holy shit. How much is there to this guy? Oh, my God. There's a lot to him. They also tell you a lot more about Carol Baskin. Um, some stuff, because I read up on it after I listened to it, and some stuff like about her, because they want to. They put it initially as it was, like, this war between two people, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, they're both a little wacky. But really and truly, there's some weird stuff that happened when she was very young. Like, when she was 18, 19, and the circumstances around her marrying Mm -hmm. the the guy with all the money and the thing, like, what happened to him, like, how he died. Um, They present that in a very, like, did she have something to do with it kind of way. But reading up on it, like, more than what they presented... I don't of course think not. she had anything yeah. to do with it. Like he had dementia and there um he so they talk about how he had a restraining order against her and the reason that he had a restraining order against her he was a hoarder and he would like collect Joe all these things or her husband her husband her, had a restraining order against her against her when she was younger. The millionaire husband before he died. Before they were married or after? After they were married. Before oh, he died. I didn't know that. Right. No, because I didn't go into all that. Oh, okay. But you'll hear, like I said, there's way more in the in the podcast. Because they want like they want to make her sound mm-hmm. more like wacky. Um, so, so they're like, did she have something to do with his disappearance? But he had dementia um, and he would hoard and like collect. And I mean like acres worth of junk. Oh, my God. And when he Ugh. would go on vacation, she would hire... People to come pick up dumpsters full of stuff and take it away. Yeah. And he put a restraining order on her to keep her away from the property because she was getting rid of all his good stuff. Right. But it was mounds and mounds of garbage. And he had some people in his life that were, like, taking advantage of him and his money. Mm. And, yeah. There were were more weird factors than just her and him having a restraining order against her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the restraining order... The explanation for that is very like, I get that. That -hmm. makes sense. That sounds legit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he disappeared. Um, I don't think they ever found his body. He just completely disappeared. Her her millionaire husband. Yes. And I know it sounds suspicious. But I'm... Um, Yes. But I'm telling you, the more I read up on it... But like, that's it. Like, that's a really weird thing that happened to her. Literally, there's never anything else of like anyone thinking she's in any way... Yeah, she didn't have to. She took care of the millionaire. Now she's set. You can believe that if you like. 
I I don't believe I'll that. Listen, but I with the but second with you the, were like he disappeared, and they never found his body. I'm because like, mm. and that's how they presented on the show. But mm-hmm. like like I said, when I read more stuff about it, like there were a few articles that were like, here's why it's it's a little biased to make her sound like. Like, they could both be, where's this story going to go? I've told you where the story went. But, like, who ended up doing something to who? Oh, okay. But really, like, he has a history of being weird and crazy. Of course. And she's like, yes, that happened. And, yes, that's really mysterious. But that's, she doesn't have a track record of weird and mysterious. She doesn't have a series of missing husbands. She has the one missing husband. And, yes, he had a lot of money. But they were also, people would say they were married very happily. Like, there were Mm -hmm. no problems. They had a lovely life together. Mm-hmm. And then he died. And then after he died, she was, you know, disappeared. She had kind of a change of heart about how she felt about all the animals. And she was mm-hmm. like, I want to, like, be good to them. And because he knows yeah. I love them. And he left me this. And I want to do right by him and the animals. And, yeah, huh? Because that was something that we both loved and were passionate about and whatever. Sure. Huh. Okay. It's all right. Good. It's good. Let's check it out if you want to. No, I was like, yes. no, I, mean, I want to hear more. And you will hear, hear him talk. You will hear his voice. You'll hear him talk. Joe Exotic? Joe or Exotic. Uh, Joe Exotic. I can't even. It's it's indescribable. Like, you got to check this guy out. I'll post so a picture him. of his mugshot exactly. on our Instagram. And uh, listen to that podcast if you like. It's really good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This was a good episode, I, know. I feel like. I mean, we're coming back. We coming didn't have back. any guests. If this is the, the first time you listen to the show and you listen all the way through, start at the beginning. Oh I God, hope this you enticed so you because I feel like this was a good good episode. It was solid. We had some lovely banter, some good stories. So, yeah, if you like the show, which I hope you do, there are many, many ways to support us. The number one way, of course, is by subscribing to our Patreon. We have $1, $5, and $15 tiers. And then, of course, if you can't subscribe to our Patreon because you're poor, we get it. We're we poor. Understand. It's totally we fine. We totally get it. You can also leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It's the best way to help our show. Talk about how much you love it. And if you didn't like it, just email us instead. Email us. Don't, Don't leave, leave us a, bad, a review bad review at deadtimestories, all in word with a Z, at gmail.com. We're actors. We can take notes. We, we can take it. critiques. We get it. We get so, it. Just you know, don't leave a bad review. Don't leave a bad and review. It's shitty. Thank you to all the really great people who've been leaving us really great reviews. We've gotten a few really, really good reviews lately. And I want to say thank you so much again, because we really, we read them and we appreciate them and they make us feel really good about what we do. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Well, and of course, you can follow us. I I say, of course, so much during the outro chat. Of course. Of course. You can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook. If you find the Patreon-exclusive Facebook group, that is Patreon-exclusive. We only allow members who are, and that's just a dollar, who are just subscribers for $1 a month to our Patreon, and you get to chat with us, with a lot of the people that you hear on or about the show. It's all memes. All All we do is send memes. And yeah, it's it's a good time. We have a lot of fun in there. It's real dumb, but it's great. It's great. It's totally worth a dollar a month. And Lizard Shelby joined. Yes. Shane from Realm of Unknown is now it. a subscriber. Welcome, welcome Lizard Shelby so, and Shane. Welcome Lizard Shelby and welcome Shane. And if you want us to call you out, then join our Patreon. I love it. We And if love you each want other. a sticker, that's oh what my you, God. the review. You leave that five-star iTunes review. Leave the review. And then you screenshot it and you send it to us at our email or slide to our DMs I on will Instagram. Mail it right to your house. And we're gonna mail you a sticker, man. It's I'll mail it right to you. I love it. Done. You'll love it. Easy. Mm. 
All right, guys. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this, and this has, has been, been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curnison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 